Let's go now to Psalm 25. I'll read the entire psalm. Focus my attention this morning on one of the verses, verse 14, but let's just hear the entire psalm. Psalm 25, this is the word of God, dear people of God, hear it. This is attributed to David. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. Teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. And the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged, O bring thou uh, me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many. They hate me with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let let me not be ashamed or alarmed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. May God bless the reading of his sacred word. Again, Lord, we are thankful for your word. The word is true. We're thankful for this prayer of David. It could be ours as well and should be. And we're asking that you would bless it to our hearts, uh, even a small portion of it as we focus on one of the truths here uh, that is, uh, is framed uh, by this prayer. And we pray, Heavenly Lord, be with us now. Deliver our understanding from all darkness, even through the reading and the preaching, the hearing of thy sacred word. This we ask, too, in the name of Jesus. Amen. As I said, my uh, focus now is going to be on verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. 
and he will show them his covenant. There are two scriptures that came to my mind even before I read, uh, you know, an article on this uh, this psalm, this verse, and some commentary. Uh, the one the one scripture that that popped in my mind quickly. You don't have to turn to that. It's it's uh, familiar to many of us. It's from Deuteronomy chapter twenty nine, verse twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty nine, and uh, it said, "The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever." And then I read in this psalm, in verse 14, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. Okay, so are there secrets that God keeps from us? Well, you remember when the disciples asked Jesus, uh, at, the, at your return or before your return, are there going to be many saved or few? And Jesus didn't answer them. But he said, you make sure that you strive to enter at the straight gate. He didn't tell them. Do you recall when they asked Jesus when he would be coming back? When, when is the return? When is the end of all things? And Jesus told them, it's not for you to know. Not even for the Son of Man, but my Father only. How is it? How, how is our brother and our sister that has left here, gone from here to heaven, how, how is life for the disembodied soul in heaven? Well, we know it's joyful and pleasing, but what's that like? The Bible doesn't tell us. God knows, and they know now by now, but we don't. There are many things that God... How, will we ever really know what it's like to be God? No, of course not. We'll never become divine. Never. The divine is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yesterday, today, and forever. None of us will ever become divine. So we won't know what it's like, at least totally like, to be divine. So there are secrets that pertain to God that he keeps from us for a time. Some, some we'll never know. But the things reveal. <clears throat> and the, the other scripture that, that comes to mind is from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And you don't have to turn to this either because it's only one verse I'm going to read. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Stop right there. I'll continue in verse, four, uh, verse 10 afterwards. But I want to point out that the, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. So there is something that is secret to mankind that God's going to show some, but not others. The things that he's going to show to some, but not others, are those things 
that eye cannot see, that ear cannot hear, that the heart of man cannot imagine or dream. Those kind of things people don't know. Remember what Jesus said? I want to talk about this spiritual darkness first. Then I want to talk about the, uh, the wonder of salvation, which is spiritual light, second. Then I want to speak on the, uh, the secret of the Lord. What's that, that Hebrew word? What's that mean? Translated secret. What's the root of it? And then finally, the, uh, the communion, the covenant communion that we have. And I want to speak just a little about marriage, how it depicts the relationship between us and our God. So, first, I want to speak about spiritual darkness. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, you know what that means, be single? It doesn't mean unmarried. The eye be single. What's that mean? Well, focused. I think of my dog. If I say, Dante, he looks up. And if I move to the left, his head moves to the left. If I move to the right, His head moves to the right. If I open my mouth, his ears. He is focused. You know, I call him a certain way. I mean, you know, sometimes he doesn't, but... Dante! And he's focused. He's just intense. You can learn a lot from our animals. That's what Jesus is talking about. The eye be single. Focused. Intent. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of life. If you are focused on me, you're going to be full, not of death or of contradiction or of sin or of sickness or of sorrow or of a foul, disgusting mouth and attitude. You are going to be focused on me. You're focused on life. Focus on yourself. Get in trouble that way. Not good. Not good at all. So, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil... Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? The Lord is talking about blindness here. The light of the body, the eye, is full of darkness. What's that? That's blindness. Physical blindness. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but I can't really imagine it too well. 
somebody that has been born, was born, it was in the scripture too, born blind, never saw anything in his whole life. His whole life, he's in darkness, physically, in darkness. I mean, shadows, yeah, sometimes and all that, but can you imagine what that's like? That, that's, doesn't that sadden you? Someone's blind, physically blind? Never sees light. His whole life is spent in darkness. Thank God for music. Thank God for music. One thing. And for people that care. That's a sad thing. To live in darkness your whole life. What a blessing we all have. Just that alone. To drop us to our knees and thank God every single day. I could see. But there's something far worse, Jesus is saying, than that. That's bad enough. But there's something far worse, far, far worse. And that is spiritual darkness. That is all this unbelief that, that is out there. And, and some, it's, it's in our own family, amongst our friends and neighbors and all that. Spiritual darkness. That's worse than being living in darkness for your entire life, not seeing anything or anyone. Well, there are people, a host of people, that cannot see what God is talking about, do not understand Him at all. They've heard about it. But they don't know. And they refuse to know. They don't want to know. And they don't feel sorry for, for us. They, they mock, they laugh, and they laugh at God. And they go about their life, like today, for example, and throughout this season and on into the ne- next year. Every single moment of every single day in spiritual darkness and blindness. And how great that darkness is. It's worse than blindness, physical blindness. Far, far worse. They are groping in the darkness of this world and its sinfulness and their own mistakes and lives. They're full of themselves and it's worthless. It's all vain. All of it. Because they do not know and do not want to know. The only one that can bring them to the light, give their eye, their spiritual eyesight, to give them spiritual eyesight, give them hearing. The only one that can do it, they want nothing to do with. That's sad. That's very, very, that's deeply sad. But listen to this. I read this before. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, 
Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But, verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us. How? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches things, yea, all things, the deep things of God, and brings them to light and life in us. Can you imagine? So yes, there's spiritual darkness, but there is the wonder of salvation is that the Spirit of God through the Word brings us light, gives us sight. And we can see the wonderful things that God has prepared. We can begin to see the wonderful things that God has prepared for us who believe on him. That is the wonder of salvation. Spiritual light. Marvelous. As one uh, author here says in Cornelius Henkel, the sun spreads light and heat upon the earth because the earth reflects that light. So also, the child of God receives and reflects the light of revelation through the spirit within him. Scripture makes the distinction between manifestation and revelation. Now, what does he mean by that distinction? That's in the Bible between manifestation <coughs> and revelation. Well, Paul talks about this in Romans, for example, where he says that God has manifested his presence so that everyone is forever, no matter who he is or she is, is forever without excuse. Because the majesty of God and the power of God have been revealed to all mankind. So you can look up at the heavens at the sky and be amazed by them. And all the treasures, the riches of this earth, and many of, the, of these riches and treasures, we, uh, the people, gather together and have, a, have they have in their lives and in their homes and on their backs and all this. And they can even sense the, the, the terror of the judgment to come when they are fearful because of great earthquakes or tsunamis or avalanches of snow and all that. God has manifested himself. The knowledge of him is manifest to all mankind. So that they are without excuse. And yet they will not say. This is God's world. He created it. He stretched the heavens out like a curtain. And there's all the stars in the sky. He gives us the food that we eat. He brings the seasons now winter is upon us. Spring will be coming next. And summer and fall. 
year in, year out. It's God that has done all that and does that to the day. It's God that has provided all the things that we have that make, that the things that we can use to make things like this building and the homes that we live in, the cars that we drive, and the medicines that we, we take to help us get better. Everything has been provided, but they refuse to say it is God the Creator and Jesus Christ His Son. And the Spirit of Christ that is responsible. And that is a shame. <clears throat> but the wonder of our salvation is that we have been given spiritual light to see that it is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who has created all things and sustains all things, and brings all things to its conclusion. To their conclusion. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear Him, and He reveals His covenant to them. See, it's a mystery to others. What we... Uh, can I say it uh, and even accuse us? We take for granted all the stuff that we have in the Bible and in the Reformed faith. I mean, we go from the Genesis to Revelation and we take it apart. We unravel the secrets of God in the Scriptures. And what do we do with it? How do we appreciate that? How much do we? And how much do we appreciate each other for believing and encouraging and strengthening what we know is from God? Don't you appreciate each other? New family, right? God has revealed this to us. Spiritual light. The wonder of our salvation is that God has revealed things. Revelation and faith. God gives us both. Faith to believe His revelation and His revelation to increase our faith. He gives us, he gives us both of these things. So that we are spiritually alive. That we can see and not be in darkness. So sad. So sad to be in darkness. The secret of the Lord. Well, what's in a word? The Hebrew word translated secret here in the Psalm, uh, Psalm 25, verse 14. Actually, the, the root word of... Uh, it's interesting. The root word of uh, of this word translated "secret" is uh, literally "cushion." That's what the word literally means. From which "secret" comes, "cushion." What? Why? Why is that? What's that mean? What's that communicating? Well, it's a seat. That two people sit on, 
close up. And what God is saying is, when he says that the secret, the cushion of the Lord, is, is, he's saying is, I will sit with you. That it's you and me in communication with one another. I am that close to you. I am right next to you, like we are sitting on a seat with a cushion for two people. And that's what he's talking about. And he will show them his covenant. His covenant is a is a is the promises of God communicated to you. That's what this covenant is a relationship of friendship that he communicates with you as a friend. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, said Jesus, because I reveal to you all my Father's will. That's what's in this word here, secret. And he's saying that I will show them who fear me my covenant. I will communicate with them. I will have a relationship with them, a close relationship, a bond of friendship that will last forever and ever. And of course, we know that because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, right? We have been efficaciously called out of darkness. Peter, come forth. And out of the grave, out of the sad state of darkness, come forth. Praise the Lord. And he keeps us. He has written us, put our names in the book of life. He has promised that I will be with you forever. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to save you. I'm going to sanctify you by my spirit being present in you, dwelling in you. I'm going to sanctify you all the days of the life, as many days of life I give you. And then I'm going to glorify you. First in your soul, making it perfect. And then in the last day, I'm going to raise up your body like my son, Jesus Christ rose from the grave, body and soul, rose from the grave, your bodies are going to rise up and be joined with your souls, and you're going to be like Jesus in that way. Perfect. Body and soul, forever and ever. And I am going to put you on the new earth. Not going to disintegrate or evaporate the earth, he's going to change it. And it's going to be a paradise new from which we can never fall. That is the secret of the Lord that he gives to us, he reveals to us. That makes no sense to anyone that cannot believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, they they hear the words, they can understand the words. The Pharisees understood the words, but that didn't make any sense. They couldn't identify It's like the blind person who hears the voice, and I know it's familiar, I know who you are, but I've never seen you. You're a mystery to me as far as your looks go, and 
other characteristics that need to be seen, not just felt. But to you and to me, (laughs) he's revealed his secret, the secret of salvation, the secret of what it's going to be like in our future. All the truths of, of the scriptures by the Spirit teaching us from Genesis to Revelation what these scriptures are saying to us. <clears throat> and getting into the, 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 the sort of the, the meat of this psalm. When you think about the psalmist and he's talking about his sins, God forgive me, God has forgiven us all our sins in Christ. Talking about his enemies and protection from his enemies. God is going to protect him from all his enemies. God, is, he's going to trust the Lord because the Lord has promised he's going to forgive him. He's going to protect him. He's going to be with him. It doesn't matter. You can go through the rivers. You can go through the fires. I am, I am with you. And the psalmist knows that. This is, again, the secret of the Lord being revealed through our salvation, the wonder of salvation. Is that we're given spiritual sight, and we can see that this, this, what the psalmist was given, is given to us too. Forgiveness of all our sins and all our iniquities, protection from all our enemies and God's enemies. And we are going to have a wonderful life. <clears throat> There's this intimate connection between God and his people. <clears throat> he, uh, he talks about marriage. And I want to talk about marriage just a little bit at the end here. I'm coming to the end in just a minute or two. But there's this intimate relationship between God or Christ and his church. Uh, like the intimate relationship between a man and a woman in marriage. And again, we'll, we'll come to that. But before that, I'll, I want to point out that, as one writer said, he, God urges her, the bride, uh, the church, seek ye my face. And he gives us the, her the confidence to respond, thy face, Lord, will I seek. There is this wonderful relationship. The almighty, unchangeable, ever faithful covenant, Jehovah says, I am your God. You are my people whom I have chosen from among all the peoples of the earth. I devote all my divine perfection to you. All that is mine is yours. When I created the earth and the heavens and everything in it, I had you in mind. When I bring forth the seasons in their due time, like he does every single year, I am having you in mind. Everything that is is here, every reason for it being here is because God is saying because of you. I had you, I saved you before the foundation of the world. I chose you before the foundation of the world. And I have created everything. I have created you. And I've created the world and everything and I'm sustaining the world to the very end because of you. Everything is because of you and it serves you. 
even your illnesses, even your enemies, even your even the sins. It all is going to be in service towards you. In the great day, you're going to find out that all things, everything that has happened in your life on this planet Earth is for your good, my glory, and your good, your salvation. Everything. Boring nothing. What did you say to that? This is awesome. Right? This is wonderful. This is more, this, this is nothing nothing better. You mean that, God? Yeah. Everything is for you. Jesus came, my son came to yes, to glorify my father. He did my the father's will, that's all he did. For your salvation. For your salvation and mine. Finally. He brings up marriage. And dear people, I don't really want to get into this too much because that's a whole other topic, marriage. But Christian marriage, the ideal of marriage, is to show us something. So, so step back, you know? Step, step back a bit before you start getting dragged into and sucked into the vortex of error. And what this was, Christian marriage, a Christian wedding is different than a secular wedding and a Las, or, a, or a Las Vegas marriage. It's not the same thing. Marriage between two believers is to signify something, something deep and wonderful. Yes, an intimate, the most intimate of earthly relationships can be, that can be, but also a much deeper spiritual relationship. So what's he call the man? In the beginning, the man is the head. What's he call the woman? A help me. That's offensive. By 20th and 21st century standards, that's offensive. The call of the man is to love his wife as what? As Christ loves the church. As Christ loves his church. Loves so much he gave himself, he died for her. He died for us. And the woman is to submit, to reverence her husband, as the church reverences Christ. Your marriage, Christian, is to depict the relationship the cushion, if you will, the covenant relationship between your God and you. That's what your marriage is to represent, ideally. Never does perfectly because we're human. But that's what it's, the ideal is. And so the man, what's, what was his call in the beginning? The man was to labor by the sweat of his brow. What was the woman's call? The woman's call was to labor too, to rear children, to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the to teach. Not to preach, but to teach the children. And to establish the charm, if you will, of the home. 
A woman's touch is different than a man's. Cry about that, though you might. It's different. Men and women are different. And for a reason. What is God saying in the marriage, therefore? What is he saying in the call? Without the call, the call to the man has the call of love, the woman has the call to submit. Without love of God, there is no salvation. Without submission to his will, there is no salvation. The call is salvation. Your marriage is the call of God. The calling in marriage is salvation. That's what the marriage is supposed to represent, salvation. God's salvation. And how he saves us, loves us, as we submit to his will. And it's also saying that he will protect us, he will provide for us. The man is supposed to do that, right? Protect us and provide for us and give us everything we possibly need in this life and in the life to come. The woman is to submit to him. To submit to the with churches, to submit to his word in every way, to obey the word, to walk in the commandments of God, and to show forth the praises of him with whom we have to do. It's a high calling. And God has given it to us all. And dear people, bottom line, the end of this whole thing, if you remember nothing, is It is exactly when we love him according to our calling, love him and serve him according to to our calling, love him and serve him. It's as we grow in that and advance in that. And go in deep devotion, deep devotion to him we experience the wonder of his grace, the mysteries of our salvation, and the secret, the secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is revealed to them that fear him. And he gives them, he shows them his covenant. The more we do this, the more we get away from the worldly nonsense and stuff, and go towards the Lord in understanding his ways and serving him the way he has prescribed in his word, the more we discover the secret of the Lord, the wonder of our salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, thank you for this word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. It is light to our eyes. Substance to our our, our lives, our, our understanding, it's, just, it's, it's our all in all. You are our all in all. Jesus, my all in all. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that that would be the case now, this day, and forevermore. Uh, so help us, God, we pray in his name. Amen.